will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. No successors to the throne of Jesus, which means that all of his holiness and all of his divinity and all of his Jesus-like saving mercy counts for you forever. There will never come a day when he will be replaced on the throne of the universe. Never. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we continue our Advent series here in the Gospel of Luke as John Piper explains to us the eternal ramifications of Christmas. It's not just a day we remember in the past. It has present and future implications. Stay tuned for that message, but first we're joined once again by the Lehmans as they talk about their book, Our Hymns, Our Heritage, and the many voices come together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio.
I grew up singing hymns in church. Now, we didn't sing hymns exclusively. We sang a lot of songs. It was a, a quite a diverse variety of songs. Uh, but we did sing hymns, and although we had songs that were very contemporary at the time, a lot of those songs really didn't last. They didn't survive the test of time. But the hymns are the ones that have really stuck with me. They've clung to the bone, so to speak. And when I was in college, um, my pastor would send me to nursing homes to sort of hone the craft of preaching. And whenever we would sing the hymns, all of people's spirits would come alive because those are the things that stuck to the bones. Those are the things that they resonated with, and it provided opportunities for us to, to convey the gospel to them. Now, we're not saying exclusively you need to sing hymns in your church or that you have to uh, craft all of these things around hymns, but we are saying that what you are doing on a Sunday morning ought to be something that is more than just a passing fad. It ought to be something that has sustaining value, something that you're teaching, sort of rehearsing the songs that they will carry on with them through the decades and the, and the centuries to come as they pass them down to the next generation. But this can often be really challenging, especially if you do not grow up in a hymn environment. So we're joined once again by David and Barbara Lehman, who are the authors of a book called Our Hymns, Our Heritage, a Hosanna Hymnal. And I'm curious to hear from, from you, Dave and Barbara, how to actually teach these hymns to the next generation, especially if they didn't grow up with them to begin with. Well, again, in the front of the book are about two full pages on how to how to teach these to your children, how to incorporate it into your life. But it, it mainly uh, comes with a purposeful choice. You, it just doesn't happen um, because you like it or think it's a good idea. You've got to set something in your schedule and or even when you're traveling in the car, going to see grandma or whatever, have hymns playing on the radio, either in the background or that you sing with. And uh, we talk about that in the, that page, that it's, it, it, there's, it's got to be purposeful, you know, and uh, that. Are you asking us. them more like how to? Yeah, so I think a lot of our listeners are wondering if this is even a possibility. How does it even work? I mean, could, it, do kids actually want to be taught mm -hmm. these hymns? Well, they don't want to eat the best foods. Either. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> they don't always want to say please and thank you either. No. <laughs> See, there again, I think it's, we, we tell them what they like. Yes. <laughs> in a sense, we teach them what they love. Yeah. Um, and at first, yeah, there may be some resistance. I think our children were not always thrilled about family devotion time, or be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, um, but they caught it. They did. And I think we have to remember that we're the adults and they're the children. And we know what's really good for them. And sure, we do it in love and we do it. We, we come up with ways to, uh, you know, maybe find it after they've learned several hymns or have them look through them. I found that children that owned this book and it was their book mm -hmm. loved it. The first time we, we had them at school and a little first grader's parents bought him one, he slept with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they, they um, and, if, and if it's important to you and you think it's beautiful and wonderful and the hymns are, Children learn from us, They and they're not just pre-programmed to only like fun, loud, happy, whatever stuff. They they really are capable of so much more. They pick up that. our passions. And they pick up they pick up your love. That's a, that children are going to love what you love. Mm -hmm. I think you know you've experienced that with your children. Maybe not right away, 
but um, they have to start young. And may I say, I think particularly fathers, I have noticed that children tend to like the same foods their father. Well, my friends have talked about this. <laughs> it's they like what dad likes, and they don't like what dad doesn't like. Somehow uh -huh. it's not as much with mothers, but I and I just think that's a, a God-given thing for fathers to know or to he set it up that way that fathers are so important to children and what dad likes i like mm. dad eats i want to eat what dad sings i want to sing if dad feels like oh i can't sing don't tell them that they don't know you can't sing do it anyway whatever comes out when i was growing up my dad used to dip you know just regular sliced bread in italian dressing and uh -huh. we, we would do that as well we called it dad's dressing i mean it's there you go. Dressing. <laughs> it was dad's dressing it's a dad it was, thing it, it i was tell fun. you kids yeah. love their dads yeah. they would want to be like dad for any of our listeners though that look at this and they say it's already too late uh, my kids have already passed that or that early phase where you can really cement these ideas in their mind uh, maybe they're middle school or high school what advice do you have for those parents and grandparents Good well, question. I think you could start by just admitting that you've come to a new realization and tell your teenagers, I am still a student. Uh, I don't go to a school, but I am a student. And I've learned recently of an important thing that maybe we failed to tell you when you were younger, but it's never too late uh, while you're still in my home. And this is what it is. Uh, here's a here's a song. Listen to these words. I want you to know, and it's I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In Him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light in the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Now, Billy and. Alice, I want you to know that text. I want to learn it with you. Let's learn it together. And the melody, it's a really beautiful melody. And that goes to parents who didn't grow up in this environment either. That's uh, true. They're, exactly. They may not be familiar with these songs. That's and uh, true. That's it's not a part of their heritage, but they want to right. be a part of it as well. Right. It's intimidating. Yeah, it can be intimidating. And that's why we made that, that recording. This uh, it's, it's on a USB that'd be... Nobody uses CDs anymore. Streaming would be too expensive to buy uh, 120 tracks. And so the USB, which you can put in your computer, most of us can put it in our cars, um, that allows you to have six and a half hours of him accompaniments uh, playing anytime you want. Well, there you go. For your next road trip, that'd be great. <laughs> Might not want to do them all at once. <laughs> No. Our, our time here is really short, and, and I wish we had more time to talk, but uh, i got to let you go. We've been talking with David and Barbara Lehman. Their book is called Our Hymns, Our Heritage, a Hosanna Hymnal, a student guide to songs of the church. It's a great resource. If you want to find out more information, you know how to get a hold of us. So, uh, David and Barbara, thank you again for being a part of the many voices for that one message. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you, yes. Thank you.
If you would like to find out more information about Barbara and David Lehman, you can give us a call, 508-362-7070. Their book, Our Hymns, Our Heritage, is an excellent resource, and you can get a copy for yourself. It would make an excellent birthday or Christmas present. Uh, I've got two birthdays, and actually three birthdays in December in my family. Wow. And as well, it could be a great resource for you. Get it for yourself. Uh, you will be blessed, and it would bless your family to find out more information. Again, give us a call, 508-362-7070, or head over to our website at songtime.com. Well, today we are continuing our study here in the Gospel of Luke for this Advent series. Week two, we're talking about the announcement of the birth of Jesus and its implications, its spiritual implications as well as timely. It's not just an event that happened in the past. It's not that we're celebrating a birthday, but we're also, especially as the Christians throughout the history of the church have used this as a means of of reminding ourselves to look forward to his return, that Christ has promised to fulfill that final prophecy where he will rule and reign over all creation, a new heaven, a new earth, all of that. We have to look forward to. This is not only past implications, present implications, but future implications as well. And in this message, Dr. John Piper explains to us why the eternal nature of Christ's rule is important to remember during the Christmas season. First, he's holy. Second, he's God. Third, he's coming to save. Last, the word forever. Verse 33, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. No re-election. No successors to the throne of Jesus. He's done dying. He has his life by virtue of an indestructible resurrection. He took his seat on the throne of God and he reigns forever, which means that all of his holiness and all of his divinity and all of his Jesus-like saving mercy counts for you forever. There will never come a day when he will be replaced on the throne of the universe. Never. And so, Bethlehem, I commend to you a better alternative in the end than democracy. I don't want to vote. I just want to submit. I want this king. I want him to be my king, my savior, my God forever. I don't want to vote. I think the way the Lord would have me close is to say this. In the name of God. I beseech you to receive the amnesty that is still in force for your rebellion against King Jesus. I think God would say to me what he said to Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, you're my ambassador this morning. This is the day of salvation. Go say in my name, there is an amnesty. It is still in force. And the amnesty is this, if you, any of you, will lay down your sword, lay down your weaponry of rebellion against me, just drop it in your heart right now, just drop it, and then kneel or fall or lie down like a little baby and receive my 
forgiveness for all the rebellion against my kingship. It's free. I paid for it with my son's blood. And then swear allegiance to me as king. And if you will do that, you will be a child of God. And you will live forever. And there will be a wall of fire around you called God. And in the midst will be the glory. And you will enjoy the revelation of God forever and ever and ever. And death will be a portal into paradise. But if you will not drop your sword, if you insist on being your king, you will perish. Because he's going to win. Don't do that. Wouldn't it be the greatest memory of your life to say, Christmas, I saw the King and I submitted my life to Him. Let's pray. Father, it's just so real. When the sky splits someday soon and the trumpet sounds and the Lord stands forth in visible glory, Millions are going to say, why didn't I believe that preacher? And it will be too late. So, Father, I pray that the beauty of Christ, your Son, His holiness, His deity, His saving mercy, His eternality, all defining His kingship, would appear to everyone in this room as self-evidencingly true and valuable beyond words. We adore you, Father. I think it's very easy for us during this Christmas season to get a truncated view of theology, to think of Jesus as this child who was born, and to keep him there, to remain as a child, and to celebrate the birthday, just like we celebrate our birthdays. We, we celebrate everyone's birthday, and we, we think it's really fun and exciting, and, and we remember the day that someone was born. But as important as the birth of Jesus is, and it certainly has theological ramifications, His death and the promise of his return also carry a great deal of weight, not only to the past as we look at history and how it unfolded, but we also look at our present day. The fact that Jesus was born, that he was sinless, and he was the perfect substitutionary atonement for our sins, that he died on the cross, that he rose again from the grave, and that he promised during his lifetime that he would come again. To fulfill that promise is to establish a new heaven and a new earth. With all of these implications coming together, we have past, present, and future ramifications. Why we should consider this holiday season, this Advent series, a mindset for us to look forward, not just to look back, but to look forward to the coming of Christ. And in so doing, it should change how we are living now. Christ's life affects us. And so his promises affect us, each of them teaching us faith, how to trust in the promises of God, to rely that even though the world seems to be falling apart all around us, all of the time, that we can be reassured that God is faithfully at work behind the scenes, that he is setting up things for his own purposes. He is establishing all of these events to make his name known and his glory revealed. And we look forward to that day and pray with the saints throughout all of history Lord, come quickly. This is our 
really the way that we demonstrate our, our gospel message to others, the way that we are a witness, is by living with the future in perspective, by living with confidence, not fear, but faith, not anxiety, but hope, not all of these negative fruits of, of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. That's a Christmas theme, isn't it? Peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. All of these elements of the fruit of the Spirit are are really focusing on the future, that it is in God's hands, that it is secure to Him, and that we can trust Him in all circumstances. Brothers and sisters, Christmas is not just about looking in the past. It's about looking forward to the future. And when you do so, you become a tremendous witness of the gospel because you're not worried about what a day will bring forth because your faith is in a God who holds all things together and works all things together for our good. I hope that this encourages you. It ought to. And if it doesn't, well, then we, need, we have a problem because this is the hope of the gospel, that we should all be encouraged that God is working everything out for our good. If you have been blessed, consider being a blessing in return. This ministry is 100% supported by our listeners. The only way that we are on the air is because of your generosity. And in fact, if we don't get your support, that means we'll end up going off the air. So if you've been blessed, return that blessing through your gifts and your donations. Write to us at the Songtime Ministry here at P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630. Or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com or look us up on social media. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2:14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. <laughs>